Welcome to the Need More Buffs podcast, the unofficial Lightseekers podcast sponsored by DeliveryCrab.com. DeliveryCrab.com, your number one source for Lightseekers cards and three points of healing. Welcome back, Seekers, to episode 31 of Need More Buffs. I am your host, Matt Sonnenberg. Before we get started with this week's episode, I want to take a minute to thank everybody who took the time to send in feedback on last week's episode, the community update. Overall, the feedback I received was very positive, so it looks like we will be continuing to provide these community updates as needed or rather whenever I feel they are relevant or particularly important information that we need to get out there to the community. Moving on to this week, though. We have a very special guest. I've been hunting him down for a while now, and not only did our calendars finally line up, but the time is right. He's had quite the journey from playing other card games to moving into Lightseekers to starting his own website to now working for the company. That's right. I'm talking about the one, the only, the Sneaky Creeble. Or if you want to call him Owen, you can do that too. The show notes for this episode can be found at deliverycrab.com slash 031. That's deliverycrab.com slash 031. But that's enough for me. Let's jump on over to the interview and see what Owen has to say. Welcome to the show, Owen. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Matt? I'm doing well. Yeah, it's been good. It's been a long time coming to get you on the show, but I'm glad we finally made it work. (laughs) Me too, me too. Glad to be on. Yeah, so there are a couple times we we almost got you on, and then there there was always a reason not to, but I think now is a great time to do that. Uh, Things have settled down a little bit for you, I think. Uh, Yeah. Um, In some respects, I guess. (laughs) I'm sure that you have a lot more responsibilities now, too, so that's... We'll get into that, but for those of you who may not know, Owen is a, a, a very, I guess, you could say prominent member of the Lightseekers community. Uh, he was one of the first over in the UK to start up his own Lightseekers-based website, The Sneaky Creeble. And that's where I first found out about him. I, l- l- let's back up even further. <laughs> <laughs> let's dive into, I guess, a little bit of your personal background, at least your personal gaming background. Sure. Um, where did you, I guess, start gaming? Was it board games, card games? Where did you get your start? Uh, it was console. So okay. way back in the in the nineties, I had the you know the Sega Mega Drive, the Game Boy. You know, I had the I had the staples. You know, mm-hmm. so Pokemon. I had the sort of R-rated games as well that maybe I shouldn't have, but <laughs> <laughs> I can only thank my mom and dad for that. And then it sort of developed into you know the role-playing games with the later consoles. Tried a few board games. You know, the the sort of staples, um, like family ones. You know, like you know Monopoly, etc., sure. etc. And then, yeah, then obviously I developed with the console, so PS2, tried Xbox, and then you know, eventually with um, going into PC, like proper convert now. So, <laughs> um, and then yeah, Lightseekers um, being, yeah, you know, I I did Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon when they were released okay. as as trading card games, more of a collection thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lightseekers has been like the main card game or you, I could say the first card game as a sort of adult that I've really got into and, and, and backed. Makes sense. Yeah. You said uh, like the Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon were, you basically just collected them. Yeah. So, you know, just as a kid, obviously you do the, the schoolyard swaps, mm-hmm. the, you know, I played it like, casually with, you know, 
following the anime. So obviously with, with that was part of my sort of childhood as well. Pokemon as well. I mean, who didn't watch you know the the anime there as well? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, everyone everyone knows the original one five one. I think like if you, you're not a nineties kid, if you don't know the original one five one nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I to me, those are the only ones that exist. Exactly. It's Gen 1 or nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so it kind of, you know, that fizzled out, you know, with consoles, the sort of card games fizzled out. Obviously, there was the other sort of hypes with Beyblade, Digimon, dabbled in those as well. Yeah, I mean, they were like the main four that I used to get into. And then with the PS2 and that coming out and Xbox, Xbox 360. And then from the Xbox 360, that's when I transferred into PC. And now sort of having it back from PC, but I'm starting now getting, you know, obviously with my you know, role uh, and with what I'm doing now, I'm developing a sort of a love for card games. And, and <laughs> it's it's weird, like the community that we have, especially for Light Seekers is, you know, is second to none. And with that, it's very welcoming and it's welcomed me. And that's something I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Absolutely. So, what? How did you find out about Lightseekers in the first place? By accident, really. Um, <laughs> I, for in one of my old jobs, uh, we had an Australian uh, guy who came to work, and he was a massive um, Magic player. Okay. And he he wanted to buy some cards, and there's a shop that I know of that we went down there and. Lightseekers team had, happened to be demoing there. Played a few games, enjoyed it. Told a few other people. They didn't really. They were like, "Oh, what Lightseekers? What's this?" I was like, "No, no, no! You don't understand. Like, this game's really cool. It's got rotation buffs, and it's got this and that. And I won two games." And they were like, "All right, cool, yeah, yeah, fine." So then we went to EGX. Uh, sort of convinced a couple of guys that like, look, you can do what you want, but just come to Lightseekers like stall with me just for half an hour, just so I can show you the game. They, like me, had a demo, bought Star Decks, got hooked real quick. And then I saw, you know, I then saw the sort of potential of the game and hence the, the Sneaky Creeble was born. Yeah, indeed. So when you started the Sneaky Creeble, what what was the intention behind it? Twofold. Obviously, anyone who starts a business is obviously mm-hmm. to try and try and make a little bit of money on the side, but it was to just make the game a bit more accessible. I think in which I succeeded, uh, partly. <laughs> yep. Uh, definitely got a lot of people interested in the game and with the with the singles cards a lot of people were able to get the decks that they wanted built and to some degree i guess helped me get the role that i'm doing now but that was never the end game the end game for me for the sneaky creeble was to be sort of a a big community hub for the uk which you know it did i managed Mm -hmm. to do a couple of blog posts i was you know chosen like yourself or asked like yourself to highlight one of the new wave two cards or you got a couple which was great for you (laughs) you know and that to me was probably like a great success for me being able to say that i was part of this community and still am um but just but just in a different role but at that time to me that was a a great success yeah the money didn't matter (laughs) definitely yeah it was the fact that they they play fusion recognize it's like you are a part of our community and we want you to help us reveal this new set yeah that's a big deal yeah it was it was like i mean we, when we when we discussed it we were like oh my god like did you get a card and you're like yeah and i was like oh i've got a card too and <laughs> you know then with the other uk stores that sort of pro- cropped up you know they obviously got a few releases too so mm-hmm. it was quite nice to just talk to sort of that group of people like-minded people as well um to be like oh dude look play fusion have 
you know, recognize that we are, you know, in it for them as well as ourselves and have given essentially rewards for, for the hard work that we were putting in, which was great. Yeah. So I have always wondered now, did yeah. you, you now work for Play Fusion? Yes. Yes. Is this something you did eventually seek out? Was like, was there a job listing and you applied for it or was it someone's inside that said, Hey, you, you, I think you'd be good for this job or something like that. Like, did you have connections? Not at all. No, I basically was in um, you know, a role that I was enjoying, but wasn't enjoying um, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of cliche. And then I, I just thought to myself, okay, so what do I enjoy? What are my strengths? What am I good at? And I'm, I was quite a good people person and I, I like to organize and be creative. Um, so I thought, huh, why not have a quick look on Play Fusion's website to see what's going on? And lo and behold, they had the you know events coordinator role posted, and I was like, you know what? It's worth a stab in the dark, you know. Any, you know, it's worth an ask. And here I am, yeah. Now I've got the role, and I'm you know loving it. It's uh, it's a real challenge. Um, and the people at Play Fusion are you know the staff are pretty awesome. It's a good good team, good group. Um, and what we're doing with the game is you know. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah. So, so what what is your official title? I am the event organized play coordinator. That is my okay. uh, full title. So, if you if you had to describe to someone what you do, what would that Oof. be? <laughs> uh, wear many hats. <laughs> that, that, that's what I hear from a lot of people at Play Fusion. I mean, with with how small the company is, still, I mean, even though they're bringing more people on, like, yeah. there's a lot of things you have to do. I understand that, but I mean, with, with any startup, that that's going to mm-hmm. happen. What, what, what but do like I do? The, the main focus of your job, I guess. Uh, if you so had to pick one or two things. One or two things. So I have taken on the visionary program. Okay. Uh, so a lot of people who probably listen to this will be like, oh, I've definitely had an email from Owen saying, uh-huh. welcome welcome to the visionary program. So that's something that I've sort of uh, taken on and spearheading. And then making sure that all of our you know stores have you know organized play, looking at how we develop the kits mm-hmm. and basically just seeing how we grow from where we are. You know, we've got UK Games Expo coming up, which will be our first nationals in the UK. We've got Gen Con coming up um, over your over your you know neck of the woods mm-hmm. um, with that being a nationals also. So there's quite a lot to to look into. And then it's you know after the nationals. Where where do we go? You know, what's the next? <laughs> what's the next big thing that's gonna you know wow our uh, players? So without giving too much away, that's pretty much my role. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Is your job well? I like obviously I know you're based out of the UK, but mm-hmm. do you? I mean, you mentioned Gen Con. So are you covering the US as well, or is someone else kind of taking that 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 section of the world? Uh, it's more. You know, there are discussions. Uh, it's Play Fusion as a whole covers everything. I predominantly do the UK, but I can I get to look into what's happening in the US as well. Fair enough. So, is there anything? I I, I know you kind of uh, held yourself back a little bit there, I think. But is there anything going on in the near future that you're really excited about that you can talk about? That I can talk about? <laughs> yes, I, I'm Ooh. sure you're excited about all the things you can't talk about, but. Yeah, uh, I, I I would assume there's got to be something coming up soon, right? Uh, I'm I can't give that away. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my cards held cl- tightly to my chest on this one. There are some cool things happening. 
I, I can't I, I really want to but I'm gonna I'm not gonna spoil any sort of surprises that uh, are coming uh, because they're gonna be definitely things to look forward to sure um, so I'm just gonna tease I'm gonna tease your fans I'm gonna tease the listeners and uh, they'll just have to wait and be patient <laughs> I can respect that all right so something we haven't done in a little while on this show is uh, get to talk about a deck list Sure. And I asked you to bring a deck list along, as I do most yep. of my guests. Mm-hmm. If you, well, why don't we just start off with you reading off this deck list? Just give us all the cards and the counts, and uh, then we can take a little deeper look at it. Sure. Uh, so the sort of hero that I kind of like at the moment, um, I have my main favorites. So I've got, you know, Dodo and Ferris. Uh, I'm a very, I started off as Mountain, um, mm. and I love, I love the Mountain heroes. Um, but the build that I'm going with at the moment is uh, Captain Blacktail. Nice. A uh, nice mythic hero. So the combos for that, I've got Tsunami, Flying Debris, Storm Conduit, Cleansing Wind, and Lightning Storm. Uh, the attack cards of that would be three of the Crackling Beasts, uh, three Dust Fiends, uh, two Living Clouds, and two Spark Wisps. Defend cards, we're going with two Lunar Shriekers, two Moonlight Barrers, uh, two Snowcaster Elders and two Windseers. And then we're going with... Uh, what did I say? We're going with uh, Maribard, two of them, uh, three Skyrobe Observatories, uh, three Storm Shamans and three Thunderslugs. And then with the side deck, uh, a Soaring Scout, a Subjugator, two Weapon Masters, two Unruly Mobs, and for old time's sake, one Sneaky Creeble. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right. So I'm glad to see that you're playing around with the mythic cards or the mythical cards. I should, should say Captain Blacktail, definitely my favorite mythic hero. Nice. I've, I've tried to build a couple decks with him and just haven't, haven't quite gotten, gotten the result that I want yet. Okay. But I don't think I've quite tried a deck like you have here. So could be interesting to try out. Mm. But I guess if you had to explain to someone, in short, what this deck is, how this deck should play out, sure. what would that be? So it's mainly using the buffs, uh, so Sky Observatory and Storm Shaman to deal that extra damage, and then using uh, sort of the attack and defend cards to, or the defend cards at least to gain sort of hand advantage, card draw with the Moonlight Barrers and the Lunar Shriekers to uh, sort of get the the storm cards back especially with the lunar shriekers how it plays out is we've got the high attack with the crackling beast the dust fiend the living cloud and spark wisps um but then if it plays out right which i managed to do on sunday so the tsunami and the what else was there the tsunami and the i think it was the sky observatory was out on the field and then i got to play the storm conduit which is <laughs> you know every all of your buffs values uh is damage yeah. so the the 16 went off and then i think the 19 with the storm conduit went off and that was game so that's a nice little sort of if it plays out nice combo to have and you've got the mari bards there for buff control and and that as well. Storm Conduit was actually a card that I got to reveal. Okay. And I, I have, I've wanted, I, I've only gotten it to work once, and it was in a game that didn't count for anything. <laughs> it was just practice behind the scenes. But yeah, uh, it, it is a fun card, especially like I said when it does play out. And 
it, it's obviously built well for a Captain Blacktail deck, I think, because, yep. like you said, you have a Tsunami that you can natively play with Captain Blacktail, and then the Storm Conduit being two lightning, two air, also fits with Blacktail, because you don't yeah. need the water in there. So it, it, it almost feels like it's meant to, to work that way. Yeah, the it's, question it's, is like, how often can you get it to work? On the big hits, very little because mm-hmm. people sort of see, you know, even with the tsunami out, you know, people see that and go, "Yep, I need to remove that straight away." <laughs> but even if you had sort of three or four buffs out, then that could be where you definitely like hit it for at least you know six to six to twelve damage, depending on what buffs you've got out. Mm-hmm. So one of the, the the most challenging parts of a Captain Blacktail deck that I found is figuring out which lunar cards to add in there. Mm-hmm. So so why why have you chosen these specific cards? The lunar cards, so what have we got? Like the Lunar Shrieker and the Moonlight Borrower, mm-hmm. um, they're perfect lunar cards with, you know, the Lunar Shrieker gets you your Storm cards back if they're on the top of the discard, and then the Moonlight that, Borrower... That's because they're not astral, correct? Is yeah, that, that, that's correct. That's what the card states? Yeah, and then the Moonlight Borrower obviously gives you the... You can draw the top four and take one to your hand. So then you can see what's coming out to play. kind mm-hmm. of gives you a bit of advantage. They're sort of like the two that specifically I've put in there. The others kind of just fill up the little bit of space. I mean, Snowcaster, that healing, which is needed for this, and the yeah. additional action. Yeah, that's pretty much like why they've, they've been put in. So speaking of healing, though, I think the Snowcaster Elder, is, is that your only healing in the deck yeah i believe so so it's not it's not great you kind of have to hope it like it plays out quick yeah you're hoping Um, for a rather quick game then yeah it's not quite aggro enough yet um Mm -hmm. so it's not quite worked but it's something that i am playing with but you know it will uh it needs a bit of it needs a bit more practice needs a bit more play to see how it does work out but i'm happy with it so far Uh, that's good to hear now, that's that's one of the things I love about Lightseekers, though. It's like, even when your deck isn't working quite right, and you, you, you even if you lose all of your games or half your games or whatever the case may be, it's still fun. Yeah, and yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, if you're not having fun with the 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 cards in your deck that you built, then yeah, find a new deck. But mm-hmm. Other, I, otherwise, like, 90% of the time, I feel that I'm still having fun when playing this game. Definitely. And, with so, the, and even with the sort of losses, you kind of learn as well. Yeah. Like, oh, this works well, or this doesn't work well, which, again, the deck building elements of Lightseekers, it really does make it such a, like, fun game that you can, you know, take one tournament and you go, okay, I've done this, and these things work then you can go okay so this worked this doesn't and then you can you know especially with you know dual orders or cross order decks it's amazing what you can do and we've seen this already with with other people's decks sure around the office do you get to play a lot i have been i've been on stream a couple of times and people watch the watch the crow in (laughs) (laughs) oh Um, yes the the, the The ultimate match. <laughs> that that was a that was a, a lot of fun to do. Yeah, we some you know play at lunch times as well. Um, you know, I try and get on stream uh, as much as I can. Obviously, with work, you know that that depends on whether I can spare mm-hmm. a couple of hours. But yeah, you know, I try and 
everyone tries to play as much as they can especially at lunch there's always people playing at lunch always multiplayer games or yeah there's always something happening at lunchtime there's always a game which you can watch or observe or yeah people are always going at it which is great so do you do you see a lot of different heroes being used other than the ones we might see in like a lot of the major tournaments that have been played recently like do you see a lot of the newer mythical heroes out there what in regards to the office yeah uh, yeah, there's a few people who play. Um, obviously, people have their set decks that they like to tweak mm-hmm. and, and, and use. Cassini is a, quite a popular option at the moment. But yeah, I mean, I think it, it's encouraged for us to try different decks, especially on stream. It's always nice for people to see mm-hmm. different heroes in action that they might not usually see from the tournaments. Cause obviously, you know, we see a lot of repetitiveness now, but um, even with some tournaments, we've seen a couple of mythics and some of the actual sort of mythical heroes in, in the wave that come out. Um, there was a Star Seer Tundra uh, at the Bristol Regional, which was really nice to see. Yeah. Um, nice. Don't really hear a lot about that hero coming out, which is like, was like, oh, cool, you've made a deck here. Nice. But yeah, in regards to the office, you know, there is a lot of um, diversity in regards to heroes, which is it's always good. Definitely. You mentioned uh, some of the regionals, especially in the UK. Like, is that something you get to attend then, or? Uh, yeah, I went. I went to the to the Bristol one, which is the first one that I got to got to attend to, and that it opened my eyes to how like cool the community is. You know, I've heard from previous you know regionals that we've got sort of a core select core group um, <laughs> of people who are sort of traveling up and down to see to go to the regionals you know every regional we have we get you know we have new players or you know players who've come along to see what it's about mm-hmm. which is again a great reason why you know those events work really well it's it definitely opened my eyes to how well the game is growing you know with the participation of of people coming to regionals yeah um, it's it's really great to see people like take it on board and and the friendly competitiveness as well obviously you know everyone wants to win but afterwards people like uh, discussing you know how they did this how they did that or how you could tweak this deck and or you should try this instead of this and you know at the end of it that's what the heart of light seekers is all about you know the competitive is great but the community that we have is even better i would agree 100 percent. i i know you get to attend events in the uk then any chance you're ever going to make it over here to the u.s Ooh, I don't know. I'd love to. I really would love to come and uh, see what what how things uh, are over in the US. Um, <laughs> I have to. I'd have to get that approved, or I may just take some holiday and come over. Um, sure. But yeah, that's uh, that's on my to do list. Even on like a travel to do list on a personal note. But for work, I'd love to come see how uh, how things are, are growing over there. You know, with the visionaries as well. There Every day, I'm... there you go. You have to check up on the the, the, the U.S. visionaries. <laughs> that, yeah. that's how I have to write it up. <laughs> I mean, it's great to see. You know, every morning I uh, I get into work and I've got three or four emails of. Uh, someone's done this demo day or someone's run this tournament and they mm-hmm. had this many participants and it's like wow you know it's it's every day it's really great to see how the visionaries are doing um and you know how they're growing their their communities uh, which is you know it's awesome absolutely awesome that's what we like to see that's what we're all about here exactly before we uh wrap this up is there anything else about the game about yourself that you'd like to share with everybody only that cool things are coming. Um, you know, we've got some great things coming your way. Uh, so 
stay tuned really um massive thank you to everyone who has supported it especially yourself matt over there in the states my pleasure and uh yeah just keep playing can't wait to see i <laughs> can't wait to see other people's deck lists um and yeah hopefully we shall see the first uh uk nationals champion us champion this uh this year which will be absolutely awesome for oh, the yeah. game and and for everyone yeah it's going to be really great to to have these massive events and <laughs> yeah i'm i'm really excited i'm genuinely really excited to see who or what decks are going to top it's going to be um, very interesting definitely definitely is yeah so if people want to get a hold of you if they want to talk light seekers or if just about play fusion in general i guess where's the best place to get a hold of you you can still get me on the sneaky creeble that is still my sort of twitter handle um also you know discord as well um and then if they have anything to do with visionaries or whatnot they can email contact at playfusion.com um and i'll get to anything that i can as soon as possible as soon as time allows me usually very quick to respond to most questions and queries um and if you want to uh, get involved with the visionary program uh, just a quick plug uh, go over to lightseekers.cards go on to the community tab menu at the top right go to visionaries and all of the details on you know what it is to be a visionary and all of that and how to apply for envoy seer or oracle you can go check it out on the website lightseekers.cards wonderful well thank you owen for joining us on the show today uh, I'll be sure to put links to everything you just mentioned in the show notes for everybody Perfect. to check out. Thank you. And uh, thanks for having me. Long, long overdue. And it's uh, been an Absolutely. absolute pleasure. We'll have you back on sometime again in the future, I'm sure. Perfect. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Cheers, man. And there you have it. Owen's amazing journey from paying to play the game to getting paid to make the game. I think this is just one more great example of how PlayFusion values its community, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. If you're interested in becoming a visionary, as Owen said, head over to the website lightseekers.cards, or you can use a link found in the show notes at deliverycrab.com slash 031. Now, you don't have to become a visionary to spread the good word about Lightseekers, to teach people how to play, to tell your local game store how how much you love this game and how much you want them to stock it and hold tournaments and hold organized play events and such. But if you need a little extra motivation, maybe Visionary is for you. If you want to be re- rewarded for something you're already doing, sign up to become a Visionary. It's one more way PlayFusion is helping the community. That's all we got for this week. There's a lot of events coming up very soon. If you don't know if there's an event in your area, I implore you to check out last week's episode. That's episode 30, which was our first community update. You can find this by going to deliverycrab.com slash 030. That's enough for me. Until next week, I got some more deliveries to make.